0: At the Johnson County Courthouse today, District Attorney Steve Howe said no criminal charges would be filed against Chiefs Wide Receiver Tyreek Hill or his fiancée Crystal Espinall. In mid-March, Overland Park Police had taken two reports at the home of Hill, one for battery and one for neglect. Both involved the couple's three-year-old son. Where does this leave the situation? We're here to talk about it with Chiefs Beat reporter Brooke Pryor, award-winning investigative reporter Laura Bauer, and columnist Vahe Gregorian on Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Hey, before we get started, let's, let's listen to a clip from Hal. Here's what he had to say. This office has reviewed all the evidence compiled by these agencies and has declined to file charges against Tyreek Hill and Crystal Espinal. We are deeply troubled by this situation and are concerned about the health and welfare of the child in question. We believe that a crime has occurred. However, the evidence in this case does not conclusively establish who committed this crime. That's pretty strong. The question is, to what degree is there closure on this situation? Vahe, I'll start with you.
1: Boy, Blair, I feel like there really is no closure on it. I feel like it's another, you know, link in the chain in a way, but I feel like we're still waiting to see what this really means. I certainly don't think it's an exoneration. Um, it actually in some ways was pretty eye-opening and, and disturbing how many times uh, Steve Howe referred to a crime was committed. Something happened here, and we, we can certainly go into this more, but that, that to me, uh, we're still left with a lot of questions.
0: No doubt about it. And Laura, um, you you watched the, 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 uh, the, the press conference today. We all watched the press conference. What struck you about uh, about what Steve said?
2: Many times he said this child has been hurt and I found that very eye-opening because typically you will have a prosecutor just stand up there and say that no charges will be filed. He went that extra step. I've even talked to a child advocate since the press conference who her words were, I'm so glad he did that. He stepped forward and said that this was wrong, that this happened to this little boy. And he also wanted the public to know, and he said it many times. I, I counted, my last count was four or five times. This child is safe. This child is safe. He wants people to know that. The frustrating thing maybe for the public is th- Everything that happens now is going to happen in private. And it is about this little boy. And when the DCF investigation, another thing that he said so many times was, rest assured, there's another case ongoing. And what he means by that is DCF is still on the case. Now, what's interesting is DCF can't tell me that. I've asked them many times. State and federal laws prohibit them from talking about any case, any child, any process specifically that generally from our reporting we know what's going on from because we've done other child abuse case so basically when um, law enforcement is looking at whether state laws were violated what dcf looks at is is the child safe Uh, they received a report which they confirmed to us in mid-march and they confirmed that they were investigating that report they cannot tell us what that report is but the investigation begins that day the call comes in the investigator begins looking at it and they have to determine if whatever the call was if it's substantiated or unsubstantiated but their number one priority is is that child safe and does that family need services that is what is going on right now He, but, I mean, were you all struck by how many times he wanted people to know that this child was safe? Yeah, and to me, kind of going
3: off that, one thing that jumps out to me was he was asked is the the three-year-old, their son, was he failed because charges weren't filed? And Hal said, in a sense, yes, because we want to hold people accountable who hurt children. There's other mechanisms to protect that child than filing charges. And then he he elaborated a little bit more. And then the other, I think, pertinent part of that quote was that's why that's why the child protection case will continue. And so to that point, if he wants people to know, yeah. hey, the criminal investigation is over, but we're not done. We're not done intervening here. Right. We're not done making sure that this child is safe. And he wouldn't say where the child was whose care he was in if he had actually been removed from the home we've reported that he has been removed from the home but he did make it very clear that the child is safe
2: and i and maybe vahe you can jump in here i think he was trying to say somebody's got this kid we got the kid you know we we are protecting the child and that's what's most important he also doesn't want people to violate the child's rights he Mm -hmm. doesn't he wants them to protect this little boy and but he couldn't have been stronger, in his words, in my opinion.
1: Well, with, and without being specific, he couldn't right. have been stronger. And I guess that's sort of how it all folds together. And the thing that, that strikes me, it's sort of the, the very point you were making, but um, a strong emphasis on we're deeply troubled, ch- problems for the child, but also, as, as you just noted, Laura, repeatedly saying the child is safe. I think it's reasonable to take that as um, if the child is safe, then the child is still in a— in, some other care He's is not that not the
3: people well, who hurt him right i mean right. it
1: because it, you can't those would be contradictory statements if you if you look at it otherwise and it reflects previous reporting as well but it suggests that it's ongoing
2: right and you know dcf can't say what they're doing but their number one goal is to make sure their child is safe they have services put in place that they can offer the parents sometimes those are taken sometimes those aren't um, but one thing that uh, advocate Lori ross just said to me was she goes, Laura, this happens all the time. You know, uh, the public is going to think, oh my goodness, they didn't hold anybody accountable for this. She goes, we see this in almost every child abuse case that we see where it's not a near death or death experience. And she said, and the reason why is, you know, maybe the child can't speak up and say, this is what happened to me. The parents aren't going against one of them. There is, I think she said, you know, no one's fessing up and no one's ratting on the other and so you see this and she said so we think and her quote was pretty strong she said we think when bad people hurt babies that someone goes to jail and that's not the case Mm. but she also said what happened today is he let people know that this is not acceptable and so I do think that is an important thing. And I was really glad that she weighed in on that because I do think that's crucial. This will go on. I mean, these cases can go on for months and, and um, many, I mean, years, um, who knows? And I don't know what can be said about this at this point, but Crystal is pregnant with twins and, and uh, DCF obviously would know that. And there's more to the situation than just a little boy.
0: So, so what is the evolution of the case? From, from this point What so as you said Steve Howe was somewhat dramatic today. I thought right, you know uh, and um,
2: He was speaking as a dad and as a prosecutor and,
0: I thought yeah. which is
2: funny because when
3: you prepped me for that interview We thought we were gonna get a lot of one-word yes and no yeah. responses yeah. and we got the exact opposite and Toward
0: the end of his news conference. He mentioned that he's the father, father, father for, for. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and how it affects him so yeah, as you say, I mean it can go on for weeks, months, maybe even years, uh, taking into account the age of the child. What you know, and when I said earlier, you know, there doesn't seem to be closure here. There might not be closure for for quite a while. Right. So what what's the evolution? What what can happen from here?
2: I can talk generally, and yeah. not every case is the same. Uh, everyone has um, different elements and factors involved, but. If a child's been removed, which our reporting has shown that they have, uh, parents are um, told that they have to do certain things to get that child back. And when DCF and the courts are involved, and if you have a child in need of care case, that means the courts are involved. The courts are saying, you need to do this. And you know, I do a, a lot of reporting on cases, um, and they ended up being very tragic. But in, DCF knocks on the door, and they don't answer. Um, and they don't have to. In this case, you have to because your child has been removed, you have signed on, and, and so the court's involved, DCF's involved. And they say, in order to get your child back, to know that the child is safe, you have to do this. So that's what we are never going to know. Um, you know, sometimes families talk and friends talk and stuff. But in this case, you know, um, DCF is not saying a word. Uh, I called last week to say you know have you wrapped up your case and they could not even say that they cannot say status they can't do anything
3: and even it seems like when it's over I asked Steve how if, if afterward mm-hmm. if he could tell us when it's over if he could divulge some of the things that we asked him and he said no nope. it's and likely the the case files will be
2: sealed as well yeah and and another thing that uh, Lori Ross said to me was she goes these are the cases that keep me up at night as an advocate, these are the cases that keep prosecutors up as an advocate because you know, she said, he stood up there and said a crime has been committed and he's going to bed at night knowing that he couldn't prosecute that. And she said that's hard because then what if something happens further or what if something else, those are very difficult. But there will be a very strong process that goes on now with this little boy and um, you know our reporting has shown he's not in the home and it can I have talked with parents who it's taken years to get their children back and sometimes it's as simple as we want you to get a bed we want you to uh, have a stable job other times it's you need to go to anger management you need to go to classes you need domestic violence is totally different oftentimes they want the parents split before one can can um, take on the child to know that the child's safe.
1: How much can we extrapolate? And this is probably sort of another question from you, for you, but from the idea that that his strong suggestion, if not almost direct uh, reference point, at all throughout was that there's something um, something amiss in the relationship that is preventing this from being um, getting clarity. And does that play into uh, what you're saying about the the future of the child and and the the children I mean that's and he seems to be sort of telling taking us there yeah
2: and after talking to people after the press conference I think it's clear that he was sending a message and sending a message to someone in that relationship that somebody's not saying the right thing or somebody needs to come forward and protect this child he was also Um, some would say uh, sending a message to the chiefs of this is not a person or a situation where no wrong was done and
1: especially with Mm -hmm. a guy when we're thinking about a guy who's comes into this with what he did
0: let's let's go there Um, uh, by you you were um you and I were covering the Chiefs in 2016. The when they drafted him, and I remember the night that Tyreek was drafted. It was such a. Um, it was in the fifth round, right? So it was on the final final day. So it was afternoon actually, but it was, um, you know, it raised eyebrows. It was you know there was controversy and a, a brief brief background. Uh, Brooks, jump in if I'm if I'm wrong about this. Uh, uh, he was uh, dismissed from Oklahoma State for. Um, uh, was a battery he was charged with mm-hmm,
3: for strangling crystal, crystal who the, is then girlfriend. then girlfriend now fiance now pregnant with twins then pregnant then, then, pregnant then, with then this, also so, pregnant with, with yep with the three-year-old um she was eight weeks pregnant and he um strangled her and you know just kind of roughed her up
0: so uh as soon as oklahoma state learned about this he was dismissed. This happened. I don't. I can't exactly remember the month that it occurred. I believe
3: but it happened after the Bedlam game, after yeah, the OU right. game. Right. After he was a star. So in that it would have game. been late he November, to right? To win the game right.
0: for for Oklahoma State, um, and was dismissed from the team before Christmas. I think before even yep. the the, uh, the holidays, and surfaced at uh, at West Alabama Division two school, and. Uh, you know, continued just played one season there, but he was eligible for the draft. The Chiefs took him in the fifth round. They're un- undoubtedly falling to the fifth round because of uh, because of the troubles. And then, Valaya, well, you and I were talking about this earlier. I'll never forget the it, one. Can't say his breakout game because he had so many of them as a, as a rookie. But one of his first huge games was at Denver, and uh, the, the night game at Denver. He scored touchdowns in three different ways, becoming like the first rookie since Gale Sayers to score a receiving, rushing, and return touchdown. What's the star of the game? People remember, I think that was the game where he went into the end zone with, you know, slapping hands with the D- D- Anthony Thomas. So he was the AFC offensive player of the week for that game. He came to the news conference as the Chiefs do when, when someone wins a weekly award, they bring him to the news conference. He hadn't been coming to news conferences that year. He didn't, we didn't get to speak to him at, at all, except for I think in training camp. So he was asked about his, you know, uh, about his um, you know, transgressions and, and what he, you know, what what kind of program the chiefs had him on and what what he was doing in the community and uh, and I remember you and I having a conversation a- about this. I know you were troubled by the draft by the draft pick, but but as I recall your sentiment was okay. They did it. They drafted him. Did we not pull for him because
1: well know, that, that that that's right. Look, I mean my sentiment was a at the start that the, it was a very tin-eared kind of approach by the Chiefs to, to when they trotted him out or trotted out the idea of drafting him. That um, look, we vetted him. We know basically we know better than you, um, and you know don't don't believe your your lion eyes. I mean, it, this this you know we know better, and so then then you are confronted with this question, right? It, you, you you've got a young man, 18 years old. Um, it, what do you do with that person and sort of my feeling was uh, in Kansas City? You have to be extra even more for a lot of reasons, but still with Javon Belcher
0: mm-hmm. on
1: our minds mm-hmm. That's a, That's a different matter here than it other places And Kansas City should feel different about that um, Meanwhile though. Yeah, they've drafted him now. What do you do? What are we supposed to root for here? and in my mind what you're supposed to root for is the best of all outcomes, right? a, 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 a sense of atonement, or if not reform, whatever it is, moving forward. Um, and I think, for the better part of all this time, the arc has seemed to be that until this—that you know he completed all these things. Uh, The—I the, the, can't remember, Laura. You can correct me on the terminology, but I know it's the case was expunged, not the record. I'm not sure if that's the exact right thing, but after yeah. three years. Yeah. Um just in and August, yeah. Just mm-hmm. in August. Yeah. And I talked to the prosecutor in, in Stillwater at that time, and she was like, who's to say this isn't um, exactly what we want out of these cases? Right. So we've had every, I think every, certainly every superficial and even, you know, relatively uh, any public reason to believe that, that this has been going going the way you want it to. Well, people um, hoped
2: for that second chance. Uh, yeah. Sam McDowney I wrote a story in 2016. That's right. Uh, after he started playing, and we spoke to people. And... Um, domestic violence um, people, advocates, were very upset. And they said, you know, they were not on board, and they just felt that people needed to remember when they're cheering for number 10, they need to know, remember what had happened. But there was a big contingency that really wanted the second chance to work, that really wanted it um, him to be successful, often on the field and especially off and you could tell and you guys correct me if I'm wrong you could tell that by Andy Reid's quotes I mean we pulled one the other day he is striving to be a better man and that's what we're behind it was something to that degree um so I think everybody's wondering you know what what is happening you know today and we did that second chance take and now it's a little boy though and one thing that that I just remembered I'm, I'm trying to search it and see if we can
3: find it but um Shortly after that, that Cates was expunged, we saw photos online that um, mm-hmm. Crystal was back with Tyreek and, and their son was with them. They were at Royals games. I think it was together. August 26th. Yeah, I it w- was day. like the same yeah. week or, or a day later, it was right then, and you could tell that, that they were really trying that that both like Tyreek and Crystal and the Chiefs were really continuing to try to push this narrative of the second chance, things are better now. Uh, Tyreek went to a local food pantry. With Crystal and his son, there are pictures. There are pictures that are still up on the Chiefs' website um, at uh, at this event. This was September, September 26th. And we talked with Tyreek after that because he won um, the NFL's weekly award for community service. And he said something along the lines of, you know, I, I'm just doing this because I, I want to be a good example for my son. I don't want him to make the same mistakes that I did. You know, he was really pushing that second chance thing. And so then when you see this story come out, it's it's even more frustrating to to use D.A. Howe's words is it is it is frustrating that you feel like we're all going down this path of, of the second chance and, and we're pushing this narrative and he's showing us that, that this is the person that he wants to be. All the while behind closed doors, something else entirely is happening. And it can't, you know... As House said today they can't prove who did it there there isn't enough to to prove either person charge either person with a crime but it's clear that something has gone very wrong and that second chance narrative it's, it's completely wiped away we that's any good that's been done is, is gone
1: one of the things that's been interesting in this and something I, I tried to write about a few weeks ago it's when you've in in you we've all talked to the domestic abuse advocates and but one of the points they'll they'll make first and foremost is that it's the recidivism rate you have to be thinking about, mm-hmm. and um, that was as true then as now. What you know, what we don't know is wh- where this whole what this whole framework um, began with again, right? We don't know when whatever issues there are came up again. We don't know if it started right away. We don't we don't know. But it was one of the reasons we all were a little mystified, I'd say, um, about. The, the reunion of those two because you you know who would presume to know what that means right the mm-hmm. as the expression goes the heart has ways that uh, the heart doesn't know or something like that the heart <laughs> uh, wants what it wants is that it it's one of those things I, 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 Eric, I mean, I'm not. But, but but you know we can't account for that but but I think we always wondered what 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 this all means especially based on that timing of it coming right after the expungement I mean, it was awfully awfully interesting that that happened that way so it I guess what I, what I'm saying is I don't I don't think we know when something went wrong again here, but something clearly has gone wrong.
2: Well, and as part of the Oklahoma case, they weren't supposed to have close contact. You know, the little boy and mm-hmm. and uh, Tyreek. So he, you know, he had I'd turned three and yeah. yep. late summer. So uh, this was not uh, a little boy who really knew his dad until. Then I mean you know they they didn't tell us how many supervised visits there were and things like that but it wasn't you know an every obviously an everyday thing so you have to put that into play of of what the relationship is and um, one thing that also and, and I'm going back a little bit but one thing that struck me today is how was basically saying he felt. He let the child down. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't say. One of the parents said he. It was so strong on him, and typically, you know, you may not see that in a child abuse case when the child is still healthy, and and it, so that was very interesting to me. That he he couldn't have been stronger, and um, you know, there's many many questions of, you know, um, what sort of domestic uh, violence prevention classes did he have what kind of program mm-hmm. um was Tyreek in um you know it was supposed to be 52 weeks but what are those was there accountability you know does the anybody remember
3: transparency thing that yeah. that we talked
2: about that yeah, that's I, I brought that up on the podcast
3: yesterday when we were talking about Frank Clark that there's a very distinct difference in the types of domestic violence courses and in the way and way and in their success rate that mm-hmm. courses that right. Are structured in almost like a group therapy setting where there's accountability and transparency, and you're talking through things and you're admitting it, and, and it's a continued and you say,
2: thing. I am responsible. Exactly. Not, and you
3: take ownership of these actions. Yeah, yeah. Those are much more successful at ones where maybe you're just talking to a counselor.
2: And do you all feel that from talking with Tyreek, that he's ever felt? I know his first quote right after he was drafted left many questioning because he said, I'm gonna hang around with different people.
1: Well, he, he had that, but that was, as I recall, and I might be remembering wrong, but it was part of more that he said. Also, though, I mean, he, in fairness to him, my recollection is uh, the first time he talked when he came for that mini camp, uh, he was, he was, there was a contrition there, and there was certainly a contrition in court. He might have also added, I right. think that's kind of how it went, and it's one of those, right. what do you seize on things? But you
2: felt accountability.
1: I did. Yeah, I did. I did, I did too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I did. Maybe,
0: maybe yeah. it's, it's what we wanted to see.
1: Maybe, maybe. Yeah. And I, but I also remember a kid scared out of his mind talking to the media the first time yeah. there. I, sure. I, he was not trembling, but he was. He knew that was what he was there to talk about, and uh, he was remarkably uncomfortable. And I, you know, I guess you obviously would be.
0: Where does this leave the Chiefs? Well,
3: I don't think they know. And I, I think that they are kind of in the same position they were in this morning before the press conference was called, in that no, there were not criminal charges filed. So in, in a lot of ways, the DA didn't make the decision for them. Now it's now it's on them. Now it's on them and it's on the NFL. Um, there's been some precedent set. Uh, there's the Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott domestic violence case where he was never charged but there was an investigation, and in fact, a I think it was a, a an Ohio prosecutor said, "I personally believe that there were a series of interactions between Mr. Elliot and his accuser where violence occurred." However, given the totality of the circumstances, I could not firmly conclude exactly what happened. Saying something happened versus having sufficient evidence to criminally charge someone are two completely different things, and that sounds very similar to what we heard from Hal this afternoon, where. We know a crime happened, but we can't prove who did it. And so the NFL was working on their own investigation at the same time. And eventually, a year after the prosecutor said that statement, in August 2017, the NFL suspended Ezekiel Elliott six games. And um, so a little about half a season. Um, and that was how they chose to kind of adjudicate this. And that's how they punished Elliot now he's back in the league still with the Cowboys. Um so I think that that's going to kind of be the the baseline here. What I would expect is that it it could be at least a 6 game suspension based on that precedent.
2: But is it different when it's a child?
3: It it should be, but the NFL and the way that they have handled some of these cases. I mean Adrian Peterson was arrested for child um for for hitting his kid with a switch he's playing for the Redskins right now mm-hmm. and so yeah in the public knew more
2: than which I think is right interesting. there and there,
3: there were photos yeah. then and he yeah. was actually arrested and yeah. he's still playing in the league so yeah. in this but circumstance yeah yeah he defended his actions yeah, yeah, he mm-hmm. his actions. yeah so mm-hmm. he mishandled that situation about as bad as you can mishandle a case like that and he was still given another chance So at this point it seems like there's nothing that a player can do with the exception of a Ray Rice situation where you cold clock your 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 wife or your fiance and it's caught on video. Short of that Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. But Kareem Hunt has a second chance. He's playing for the Browns now. You know with an eight
0: game suspension. With an
3: eight game suspension. So he is suspended and there was a punishment, but you would think that a child being involved would make it different. I don't know that it does.
2: What's interesting, if you, if you channel child advocates for a second, I think what was said today and what happened today in their minds is stronger than if there was a child endangerment charge. Because you had a prosecutor standing up there and saying, a little boy has been hurt and there's nothing I can do about it, and it frustrates me very much. From a child advocate standpoint, I think that is stronger wow. than this misdemeanor charge. And did, did, you know. Did he
0: just put the pressure on the chiefs?
2: He did. I. I not Laura saying that, but I think the child oh, advocates but, would say that. I yeah. think they would say that um, this is a message of, you know, he he is the father of this child, and between the father and the mother, somebody hurt this child, and nobody's standing up for this little kid. So I'm going to by telling you I failed him because I couldn't bring charges. Mm-hmm. That is just, uh, for, mm-hmm. it, for advocates who I speak to, uh, you know, every week, several times a week, I think that is a strong that is a strong statement.
0: Yeah. And I, I should clarify too. Um, the, the, the I think he was speaking not only to the Chiefs but to the NFL as well, which mm-hmm. which um,
3: which yeah. And now, the punishment
0: and he, comes from the league, not from the not from the right
3: Chiefs. exactly. Um, and and I think the the, uh, the interesting thing is that how said that he the NFL had contacted him. He had not called them back. That he has to treat the NFL. Like the media in this yeah. circumstance, and mm-hmm. he can't just give them, you know, case files and records that we can't get access to. If this case is sealed, he said it's highly like it's highly unlikely that we share that information with them.
0: But we know that the the um, uh, NFL has tried to get information from the Overland Park police. Yes, um, we, mm-hmm. we, I think that's been reported. And
3: I believe they've only been able to get what we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the implication which is, of what, yeah, which is not right. Page, right. Yeah, so it's, it's not a whole lot of anything, but. I mean, yeah, how is pretty much saying, hey here here it's like what you said he, he is applying pressure to the NFL hey, I can't do anything about this, but you can you know we're we're taking we're we're making sure that the child is safe, but we can't we can't charge anybody we can't punish the person who did that. That's something that you guys can do.
0: All right hey what what conversation should um, Chiefs officials be having?
1: Well, What they should be having what they will be having is a really interesting potential dichotomy it seems to me the conversation should be what do we think happened here and what's our obligation if 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 we believe that Tyreek was either complicit or directly involved in this not beyond the shadow of a doubt just what we believe what we logically believe I think that's a reasonable thing for them to ask themselves the thing I worry about is that that's no longer standard in play and that the standard in play is what's our plausible deniability and how good is he
2: I think how strong words kind of didn't allow the whole thought of no charges no foul I just think that his strong words will have a bigger impact but uh, it'll be very interesting to see I know that child advocates are going to be watching it very closely and you know but I do think That, again, is why Howe kept saying that the little boy is safe. Because at least he was saying to them, we're doing our part of it. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I mean, I I think that there's a lot of discussions going on with
3: the Chiefs right now. Um, I mean, this is a guy that was up for a record-setting contract contract extension that they were going to be working on this year. And I think that that's very much in doubt now. There is no clarity here, and I think the Chiefs, again, are going to have to ask themselves the question that they've asked and and answered so many times recently. Is it what is more important to them? Is it winning, or is it sending a strong message that violence against women and children is unacceptable? And the last 36 hours have answered that question in a lot of ways and, and not always in a way that looks favorably on the Chiefs.
0: All of this in the week uh, during the, the NFL draft, a celebration of, of football, right? The three-day festival that starts on on Thursday. The Chiefs don't have the first-round pick, but uh, we'll expect to be very active in the draft a, after Thursday. Hey, links to all of this coverage, uh, the Tyreek Hill story, and, uh, and Chiefs coverage can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Big thanks to Brooke Pryor, Laura Bauer, and Vahe Gregorian for joining us. I'm Blair Kirkoff, and you've been listening to Sportsbeat KC.